Welcome back to Netflix and Chilled Beer, the podcast where we watch a movie, pick a couple beers that we think pair well with that movie, drink them, watch it, discuss with you guys. Yeah, I'm Zach. And I'm Richard. And today we're going to be talking about, we just finished watching Osmosis Jones, which was filmed in 2001 by the Fairley Brothers, starring Chris Rock, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Kid Rock. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if I'd say it was starring Kid Rock. <laughs> he, made a, he made a special guest appearance. Yes. So this but is... Brandy was in it. Brandy, even her... If you want a flashback from the 90s. Man, even her voice is sultry. I, <laughs> she was a, her voice was attractive in this movie. Uh, you know what? I'm surprised we didn't hear any Brandy songs in it. True, we did hear some interesting music in this movie, uh-huh. but no Brandy, which or and even no Ray J, which is disappointing. Which Ray J is Brandy's brother, in case. Oh, you're... okay, okay. Thank you for yeah. For I can see your, I can see your face. Like, uh, who's Ray J, and why is that relevant? Well, it's because it's Brandy's brother. Uh, but this is a kind of a, um, it's a film. It's a cartoon film, but it's also filmed in reality. So it's got Bill Murray also in it. Bill Murray gets sick. And this is the inner workings of his body in a cartoon form with the white blood cells and the viruses and kidneys and, and all the inner workings of the body fighting off this uh, virus attacking Bill Murray because and, he is a slob in this movie. And lots of puns. Lots of uh, body puns. Yeah. Yes. Lots of uh, uh, biology puns, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so... We we watched Osmosis Jones, and with this movie, we paired two beers from the Dallas Fort Worth area that uh, two from two breweries that I think are really good. Um, so we paired first Day Off. It's a Kolsch from Tufts Brewery, which is uh, up in McKinney, Texas, a little bit north of Dallas Fort Worth. Um, it is a pretty well. It, it's a pretty easy drinking Kolsch, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's the best description of it. We paired it because. Bill Murray gets sick. He's definitely going to need to take a day off of work from this illness that he's going through that Chris Rock is fighting for him. Um, we also paired Off With Your Red from Rabbit Hole, which is in Justin, which is kind of outside of Dallas-Fort Worth also. Um, obviously, we did Off With Your Red because if he doesn't take care of this virus, it's going to be off with his head. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is trying to murder... Bill Murray is Frank. Bill Murray is Frank. He's trying to murder the shit out of Bill Murray. Yes, Frank is uh, all of, that's his name in the movie, all over the place. Um, and we picked this movie because uh, I guess in Foxy Brown, her brother was played by who was it? It was Anthony Fargus. Okay, and Anthony Fargus is is cast. He's credited with um, multiple voices, I guess, in this movie. But the one that stood out to me was the flu vaccine that shows up later in the movie. Right. He's kind of, he's like down in the dumps of the kidneys and, uh, fi- or no, he's in the liver. So he's like fighting off all the alcohol that Bill Murray's drinking. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of just like greasy. Well, not fighting bro. off, he's hanging out with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they think he's a virus, but he's actually on their side as the white blood cell protectors of Bill Murray because um, he's a flu vaccine. So he's just kind of got that voice, which... Is is Anthony Fargus's voice? I don't know what other, what else he plays, but he definitely is a flu mm-hmm. vaccine for sure. That's what we did today. What, I guess we get into the recommendations now. Yeah. Ask me. Ask me. Okay. Go, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Uh, all right, Richard. Um, would you recommend this movie to someone? Yes. Really? I would. Wow. And uh, and don't don't get overly excited because I'm getting excited. I'm just I'm more excited about the fact that I get to say yes. Yeah, that you, I'm recommending something. The movie itself wasn't like 
oh, you have to watch it. Yeah. But it was it, it beat the spread for me. Okay. Well, I mean, this is the first movie of this podcast that you would recommend to anyone yes. to watch. So <laughs> this, this is a first, people. This is huge. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the movie itself, it wasn't perfect. It definitely isn't going to make anyone's top 10, let alone top 50. But, I mean, for what it was, like, I thought it was kind of a cute little animation movie. But also, there, you could tell that people thought about it. Like, like yeah, there was a lot of, like, really cheesy puns. But some of it was pretty clever. Like, I thought it was, it was a cute, clever movie. Um, and, and I liked what it had going for it. Okay. So, um, Zach, what, I, what did you think? I would agree with you for somewhat the same reasons. <clears throat> I felt like this was a movie that uh, I would recommend it. Because I think people like you and I made this movie. They were like, look, this is like this crazy, stupid idea, and we want to make it ridiculous, right? Like, we're going to take it to the level of ridiculous that we want it to take to, and we're going to make, we're going to put things in there that people may not notice offhand, which I'm thinking of something in particular. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about later, but <laughs> that we're going to put things in there that make us happy. Like, it felt like the guys that made it made it for themselves. Um, the guys and girls, the people who made it, made it for themselves to be like a nerdy type of movie that is also really funny. Yeah. You could tell that it was lovingly crafted, if not the the highest caliber of, of quality. Yeah. I mean, for 2001, I felt like that was pretty good animation. Yeah. I mean, the animation was okay, but I, I, I guess I was more talking about like the, the script itself and, and kind of, there were some kind of loose parts to it. Like, the, the story wasn't terribly uh, unique. Like, yeah. it, it was it was your typical buddy cop movie. Yep. Like, very, very standard. But the fact that they, they put it inside someone's body and tied that to, like, what you go through when you have a sickness, like, that's... I think that's the, what saved it for me. Well, I actually think that it's the, it's the things outside of the story, right? So, you've got your plot that you're trying to follow, mm-hmm. but it's, like, the things in the surrounding environment or the surrounding universe... That made it really interesting, like the small little nuances. Yes, like, you know the statue in the mayor's office. Yeah, uh, I would agree with they're that. They're in the mayor's office, and uh, there's a statue of a sperm, and it says like "founder." Yeah. Right? So I mean, <laughs> it's like things that are a part of, part of the plot that people were like, "Look, we're making this movie." You know, it's it, I don't know what demographic they were going after, and so I think right because like, it seems a little bit too far, too much real for kids. But too, too fake for fake yeah. for adults, so it was like a really weird demographic that mm-hmm. we're going for. So I felt like the people who were making it made it very nuanced in the environment, and they put in things that they wanted to put in, and they made it the way that they wanted to make it, which yeah. is very different. Like it's not a kid movie; it's not an adult. It's not like Sausage Party that just came out. You know, it's kind of in between those. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. All right. So what about the beers? What did you think of Day Off? Okay, Day Off is the first one we drank, which I, I really liked it. I would recommend it. I think that Tups makes really good beer. This one is a Kolsch, which I have to say, I don't generally go for a Kolsch. Like, never am I at a bar or at a beer store and think, oh, man, there's an awesome-looking Kolsch, right? Like, it's generally lower ABV, generally, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of like the normal thing before. <laughs> but also, like, it's not, it doesn't have a ton of flavor generally, right? Yeah. It's usually pretty easy drinking. But for a Kolsch, I felt like it had a lot of flavor. Uh, really low IBUs, so it's 18 IBUs, uh, very little bitterness, 5.2 ABV, which I actually feel like it's pretty decent for a Kolsch. Um, but it had good, like, it had a really good smooth maltiness 
mouthfeel and flavor without it sitting on my tongue for too long. Like I, I didn't feel like it, it, there was a residue that stayed there. So I would recommend that. Yeah. I like that. It was, it was definitely heavier than it poured. Like it poured oh, yeah. very light. And so I guess that was a good surprise to me because I am like, like you, I'm, I'm used to more heavier beers. Like I don't think I would order a Kolsch off the, off the fly either. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Personally, I think Kolsch's are too close to like those crappy light beers yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was, it was removed from that, but it still had that, I guess, Kolsch profile. Um, there was one, like one thing that I was picking up towards kind of the end of it, like on the back of it, that, mm-hmm. that it, it, I can't quite place my finger on it. I think it tasted kind of like floral, maybe. Maybe you were getting like a little bit of hop somewhere. No, not hoppy. It was, it was like plants. Interesting. So I, I don't know if I would recommend it be, just because of that, like that weird taste that I was getting in it. Interesting, but it was it was very moderate. So I mean, really, easy if you drinking. like if you like Kolsch and you want something to easy drink, I would go for it. But well, that was also kind of weird though because it wasn't extremely refreshing. I didn't think, which I think a lot of Kolsch's tend to be super refreshing. Like you want to drink it on a hot day, and I don't know that 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 this beer had that. Yeah, I think yeah. it had a lot of flavor for a Kolsch. I think with that with that kind of moderate mouthfeel, that definitely cut the crispness of it. There was no, I would not classify it as being crisp. I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. Okay. So then we switched to Off With Your Red, which is uh, just red ale, mm-hmm. right, from, uh, from Rabbit Hole. So what would you recommend that? I would recommend it. And, and I don't know if it's because I like reds or if it's because I like reds that are made well. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like every time I have a really good red, I'm like, man, why am I not drinking more of these? This is incredible. So like this... This tasted a lot, or it, it reminded me a lot of um, the evil crawfish that we had. Yeah, a couple episodes back. Yeah, yeah. So it, and again, that one was a solid red. This was one was a solid red. It was, uh, it was definitely malty, um, but it, it had that kind of hoppy flavoring, mm-hmm. a little bit of bitterness, but not not overpoweringly bitter. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I just I really liked it. I thought I think it, it blended well together. I'm a I'm a huge fan of it. I agree. This is one this is definitely probably one of my favorite beers that we've paired with mo- with uh, with the movie so far in recording the podcast just because I'm very much right there with you. I think a red ale or a red IPA is probably my favorite beer, right? So because of the perfect blend between if it's done well, I feel like that's a great blend between the hoppiness and the maltiness, right? So you get some of the malty, heavy, kind of creamy mouthfeel, but with a bitterness at the end that just kind of like makes it crisp so that it doesn't sit on your mouth too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still refreshing while also having a ton of flavor. Um, I think this one's pretty pretty good. I mean, it's and it's 7.8% ABV, so it's not I feel like some red IPAs or red double IPAs. Um, or even just some red ales get super high up there in ABV, like pushing nine, 10%. Yeah. Which means you can't drink a ton of these at 7.8%. I could still probably crush four or five of these sitting mm-hmm. around hanging out. You as know, long as you're hanging out for a couple hours. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm doing right now, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I'm on the, you know, the third one of those. So. Yeah. And I think they had what, 88 IBU, which mm-hmm. is, it's, it's fairly high, but not, yeah. I don't think it's too high for a red or you know, an IPA in general. It's pretty high, but I, I think it's pretty high, but I think that the maltiness cuts it. Yeah. So I think it's the, balanced very well. Yeah. It's like the smoothness of the malts cuts the bitterness of that 88 IBU. Mm-hmm. So I think while you still taste it, it's not something that's 
overpowering you. Like if it was just a straight IPA at 88 IBUs without any of that maltiness, I think it'd be, you would get a lot, a lot of bitterness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I would recommend both beers. You would only recommend. I would only recommend, yeah, off with your red. All right, so. So that being said, you ready to get into the movie? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. All right, so guys, there are going to be spoilers going forward. So if you want to go ahead and watch the movie, pause the podcast now, come back later, we'll still be here. So with that, Zach, take it away. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about with this movie that bugged me, even though I said I would recommend it, the music, the score in this movie is probably the worst score I've ever heard, right? Like they made, there was like the intro song made absolutely no sense. Somewhat when we were in, I, it was, I don't know, it was some, you know, late nineties hip hop song that just like, you're, you're, you're coming into the movie and it's this blaring, like, I'm pretty sure it's mystical or someone like Nelly. I don't know. And blaring into the movie. And so I'm assuming like, I, I don't know what I'm getting into. And then all of a sudden you see Bill Murray in a zookeeper's outfit. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck is it going? was jarring. Yeah, it was super, it was like Bill Murray and his young daughter while we're listening to mystical like Blair at the intro of the movie. It and just they're, made zero they're sense. watching a monkey pick its butt. Literally pick its butt. Like I, yeah, it was, it was confusing to me. There was also another point in the movie where, uh, there's like the, the mandatory, like buddy cop breakup that happens. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, obligatory, like, 90s R&B sad music going on. And I was like, man, I do not miss the 90s at all. Like, this is terrible. No. But it got it got me thinking. You, so, well, I'm going to cut you off. You know what would have been great there? A fucking Brandy song would have been really good. That's what I, I thought was coming. I really thought Brandy was going to start uh, belting it out. And I was like, that, this is a dude singing. What's happening right now? Um, but no, what it, what it got me thinking about was... So we saw Foxy Brown, mm-hmm. which was based in the 70s. Great score. Awesome music in that. Great score. And then Tarantino brought in a lot of 70s music into Jackie Brown. Great score. Tarantino's the best that does it right now. So is that just because the 70s had better music than the 90s? Or is it because this movie just sucked at picking mu- music? I think that they just are, are suck at picking music. I think that... I while yes, I do think that the '90s were an exceptionally bad era for music, <laughs> right? Like I think. Well, what about the Backstreet Boys, though? Okay, I, I you're not helping the case, right? Like I think like early '90s you had some good grungy type stuff going down, but like late '90s where uh, I I don't know, like the R&B and hip hop scene was just like in flux and in shambles at that point. Rock and roll was like you know, driven by Nickelback. So we were in a really shitty era (laughs) for music when this movie was made, right? Like we were just coming out of terrible music. So maybe I'll give it a pass on that, right? Like Chris Rock, you know, they came to Chris Rock and was like, hey, what music should we have? He's like, I don't know. There ain't shit worth playing right now, right? (laughs) Like, Like, you know, I mean, the fact that they had Brandy on payroll and didn't use any of her music, I felt like she was actually, for her time, I felt like she made decent music. I had a Brandy album. I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you any songs that she's saying, but also I could tell that there were none in this movie, so maybe I'm lying. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I I digress from my hatred of '90s music um, outside of Nirvana and the birth of Foo Fighters. Um, I don't know that anything good. Okay, Usher. Usher was good <laughs> in the '90s. I loved. Wait, old wait Usher. was he? Was, so he was good in the '90s. He's he's not just something good that came from the '90s. No, he was good. Like his best album was the My Way album. Where he did, uh, well, he did the song My Way, 
and I can't remember the the name of the other really popular song, but that whole al- I had that album and I really liked it. I liked Usher. Okay. Back in the day. The 90s music, though, I felt like they could have at least gotten some nostalgic 90s in there, right? Like, it was just bad. It was exceptionally bad for the 90s. It was made in 01, so I don't think enough time had passed to get that nostalgia yet. Fair. Fair. They still had Mystical. There was, like, I think at least two songs were by Mystical. Yeah. Watch (laughs) Watch That wasn't one of his songs, though. Like, still, he didn't even pick the best Mystical song. Anyways. Well, but also, like, this this wasn't, like, a 90s movie. It was a movie that was just made and came out. So it's not like they were trying to target to they R&B were, music. Well, I guess they were I, targeting R&B music. I bet they started making it in the 90s. They at least started writing in the 90s. They did, but they weren't... The, the goal of the movie was not, hey, let's make a movie that's in the 90s and we're going to pick all these 90s songs. It was, hey... Let's make a buddy cop movie, but guess what? It's in someone's body. Oh my <laughs> god, that's crazy! It was pretty crazy. Which that they excelled at doing that aspect. Okay. It's just not all the pieces were meshing well together. Fair. I mean, that was really the only real beef that I had with the movie. It was just something that it started out really bad, and it made you know it made up for that in other parts. Like there wasn't a ton of music in the film, so it wasn't like this was driven by the score mm-hmm. but so it's just something that i wanted to to pick at yeah so while we're talking about things i did that we did we didn't like i'm gonna go ahead and say this movie was very very gross it was really gross it was like over the top gross like unnecessary gross i understand that we're dealing with you know a, a, like a virus that's going through the body and we're trying to show everything that happens but i mean there's there's a point where like, he's talking about an ingrown toenail. So they're at a restaurant, and he's not wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. The waiter comes up and is like, hey, no sh- no shirt, no shoes, no service. He picks his foot up and puts it on the table. And he's like, well, I've got an ingrown toenail, and, you know, pretty soon I'm not going to be able to wa- wear shoes at all. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go get you a menu. <laughs> and you get, like, a close-up of the ingrown toenail. It's just like, like, why- guys, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point of having this, like... Super gross ingrown toenail. There's another like zit that that's huge and pulsating. I can't talk about. We can't talk about that. We get so many close ups. We can't. We cannot talk about it. There were like three close ups of it pulsating. It ends up on Molly Shannon's lip. It explodes. Yeah, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And then of course there's vomit and there's there's other stuff. It was just it was very very gross and I don't think I could ever look at Bill Murray again without being mildly upset just because of his like sweaty grossness but it's funny so i feel like bill murray has this like mythology around him right like this kind of like legendary comedian following but he is fucking disgusting in this movie oh he's so so gross not only is he disgusting he's a terrible person yeah so he's a single dad raising this girl and he is just a like the girl is is basically running him. She's like, "Hey, you need to be healthy. You need to be good." And he's like, "No, I got some chicken wings." Hey, hey, baby, hey, baby, hand me that chicken leg because I can't leg. get it myself. My leg, my leg. And she's like, "What's wrong with your leg?" And he's like, "No, give me that chicken leg." <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. But he is he like every time they flash back to the reality scenes or whatever where it's filmed in real life, like he looks. And maybe they're just making him do this because he's going through a sickness. He looked terrible. Terrible in this movie. He looked terrible. I mean, I think that's what they were going for. Which, that's a credit to their makeup department, They right? definitely did that well. They, they did they it probably well. just said, hey, can you drink a lot of beer and not shower for a couple <laughs> days? And then we'll just film it all in one take because you need to look as disgusting as possible. Yeah. 
<gasps> the, the the scene where he's starting to get sick and they show his beer belly, I was very overwhelmed <laughs> by the size of it. It was like his chest was came straight down. I mean, it was like a Homer Simpson beer belly. Like, that thing was fucking... It was massive. Disgusting. Oh, my gosh. Who's the guy that plays his buddy in this movie? Like, I don't know his name, but he's in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of the, the Fairly Brothers stuff. Yeah. Is he in some Sandler movies, too? Um, it's, Uncle, it's Uncle Bob is the guy that we're talking about in the movie. He plays Bill Murray's best friend and the kind of the uncle, quote-unquote uncle to the daughter. Mm-hmm. But he's the guy who plays... Oh, man, I have, like, all these images in my head of, like, different random movies that he's kind of, like, a supporting character in. Um, he's definitely a character actor. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I guess the the other thing I wanted to say about Bill Murray is, I just remembered this. I was reading an article the other day. Apparently, uh, he doesn't, like, have an agent or anything. So if you if you want Bill Murray in your movie, you just call this random, like, 1-800 number and, and you... Tell the 1-800 number, leave a message, and say, like, hey, this is the movie we're trying to make. This is why we want Bill Murray to be in it. And then you don't hear anything back. And then once you start shooting, he may or may not show up. And you just wow. don't know. Well, so if you, do, you know the, do you know the Chive? Like the website, the Chive, Chive.com, is whatever? Is like the onion? No. So the, no. but it sounds it, So Chive is an onion, but no, this is not like the onion. Um, no, it's like this kind of like men's site that the, um, they post like funny pictures and like, you know, hot women all over the internet, and so they just, like, do, it's, it's kind of goofy, but it's, it's entertaining, they do, like, funny pictures from all across the internet, people submit things, um, but their, like, mascot is Bill Murray, like, really? Yes, that's, like, like, everything is, is he okay with being the mascot? Yes, he, like, shows up at events all the time, okay, and they have a Bill Murray golf line, and they sponsor golfers on the PGA Tour. And these guys walk around with, like, the shad- the shadow of Bill Murray from Caddyshack mm-hmm. on their, like, shirts and hats. And they're sponsored by the Chive. And they make beer. This is, like, the most bro website <laughs> you've ever heard of. It's absolutely absurd. But so maybe that's where I'm thinking of, like, the Bill Murray mythology of him being no, I mean, it's, it's super legendary. He definitely has a mythology around him. Like, I, I think I've heard of multiple stories where he just shows up to people's parties. Like, he'll just be in the area and he'll be like, oh, I, I hear people having fun. Let me go ha- like, hang out with them. Dude, if I was a celebrity and I was as recognizable as Bill Murray, I would for sure do that. Yeah. I would just, like, walk around and be like, all right, let's go have fun with these people. Like, but I, but it's funny that you say that because I can't. Okay, so outside of Caddyshack, okay, and uh, Zombieland, Zombieland, which is hilarious in yeah. Zombieland. Like, what else is he? Like, Ghostbusters. Okay, Ghostbusters. Fair. I'm. I apologize to our Jeez. listeners for me having a brain fart and forgetting that. I mean, I think he was very prolific in the eighties. He was he was like the face of comedy movies back then. Like he was, he was like Groundhog's pre- Day. Ah, uh, Groundhog's Day. I'm trying yes. to think of other stuff, but I can't. But I know that he was in a lot okay. of stuff. Okay, that makes me feel better because he was like Sandler before Sandler. I don't know if I would. I would say Sandler is like the face of comedy in the nineties, at least. I mean, mm, don't I get think, me wrong. I, I think, think he had he had some great movies, and then he went. Very much downhill from there. So well, I guess, I guess, yes. yes in the nineties, in the nineties, yes. But also, I think, I think Bill Murray is more Sandler than Adam Sandler was. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think you could compare the two because Adam Sandler might have been that guy for like five years, but I think Bill Murray was that guy for like ten years. Okay, 
But you, but you see the comparison. Whereas, I mean, Sandler with just like, I mean, the string of movies between Gilmore, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, um, Big Daddy, Waterboy, Waterboy, yeah. like those movies that was like a span of yeah, probably like five to eight years. And the, but those were gold. Those were like, I mean, I could go back and watch any of those movies right now and just binge watch all those. And I'm maybe yeah, it's like a nostalgic moment for me where I like go back and. It's, it's, I remember watching it for the first time and like dying laughing. But I think Will Ferrell is very similar. So I think you see like a cycle, right? Like I think. Well, Bill- and I, I would say that Bill Murray's the same too, because like I went back and I, I've, I've tried to watch Caddyshack or any of those movies from that era, and I, it's one of those things where like I can, I can appreciate it, but it's not hitting my funny bone the same way I'm sure it hit the people when they first watched it. Fair, but I guess that's that's comedy. In general, right? Yeah. Like, in order for comedy to really work, it has to be relevant. It has to be topical. Yes. It's got to be topical. It's got to be relevant. So it's hard to make a lasting comedy movie. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. That's a great assessment. Well, thank you. Sure. Very great assessment. Uh, so other thing that I did not like about this movie, um, the overt sexual harassment that was happening. Did you pick up on that? Uh, no. But between, no. between Brandy and Chris Rock... Well, I mean, he, like, wanted her, but was okay. he... Well, okay, the first time that we see them together on screen, he's, like, touching her, and, like, he... Like, the 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 way it plays out, we're supposed to be like, oh, this guy's super, like, suave, but she's like, hell no, get away from me, and he's, like, touching her and, like, not groping her, but everything but, pretty much, like... But I looked at it... I looked at it as though they had a history, and so I didn't see it as, like, pure sexual... Like, you know, cellular sexual harassment. I I would agree with you if we're saying that the history was him doing that to her over. <laughs> Which, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if every interaction they have is him being like, Hey, oh, go out with me, go out with me. Why aren't you going out with me, babe? Oh, you're so hot. You're looking so good today. Like, go out with me. That's, that's, a, that's not right. That's bad. That's a terrible Chris Rock impersonation, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't do well with impersonations. Yeah, man, yeah. Come on, come on. That sounded more like Chris Tucker. That was probably, yes, you're right. You're, right. <laughs> you're getting your Chris's confused. <laughs> uh, but so so at the beginning of the movie, they're like, oh, yeah. Like, Chris Rock is like, oh, no, I want you so bad. You're so hot. She's like, uh, no, you're disgusting. Get away from me. And, the, you know, you've got this witty banner back and forth. And then at the end, of course, they start making out, even though there was nothing to really justify that. Well, he's the hero. So right, but just because saved. you're the hero doesn't mean you get to make out with this chick that you've been s- stalking. I mean, that's that's the. Uh, I, I mean, she knew who he was. Like he, she knew who he was. She knew where he was. She hey, knew just that, because she you know what, who he was doesn't mean he's still not hiding in the bushes, like looking through her window. <laughs> yeah, but now he's top shit. Like she's, you know, she she wants to be with him because he's the top police force to the the, the top guy on the police force. Which was funny that they made the white blood cells um, black. <laughs> Is well, that what you were going Well, for? I was going to say they made the white blood cells police officers, but it's also maybe like double ironically hilarious that they made the white blood cells black and police officers protecting the body. I mean, I think it makes sense that they're police officers. Yeah. Because they are, they are the ones that kind of come in and make sure everything is good. Like, yeah. So that... that Jump to me was fine. There were a lot of black actors in this, which I like. I, I noticed it, but it, it didn't really bother me at all. I thought it was fine. I wish that Kidney Rock played a, a bigger role in this movie, other I, than just the like rock band and the zit. 
I wish that Kenny Rock was not in this movie at all. <laughs> what? I mean, it's just such a perfect pun, right? You've got Kid Rock and you got Joey C, his little buddy who died. Rest in peace. Uh, but you've got Kid Rock to play Kidney Rock, right? Like, you are so... Like, that's just lined up perfect. It's beautiful. It's a great yes. pun. The pun is great. The music, though... What's funny is, I just felt like... I, I, you would think that they would have made, like, topical music, music, right? They would have made a song about, like, something about the body. Right. It was just, like, a regular Kid Rock song. Yeah. They were playing in Zen. I was, like... I was just waiting for there to be some sort of lyrical reference to... Uh, you know, a type of cell or a type of virus or something. There was nothing. It was just, it was just Kid Rock. It was yeah. just like, it was, it was not, ball not with good. the ball to bang. I wish he would just, if he'd have been playing that song or at least, be, at least yeah. that would have been more true to the nineties that was happening. There we go. Also shitty music that came out of the nineties, Kid Rock. Yeah. Shitty person that came out of the nineties, Kid Rock. Mom, I apologize. My mom loves Kid Rock. Oh, the new Kid Rock oh, though. No. The new Kid Rock. Which is like more country, I guess. I no, we're gonna we're gonna stop that right there. So so Zach, changing topics. So we talked a lot about what we didn't like about this movie, yes. but both of us recommended it. Mm-hmm. So what what did you like? What balanced out all of that that shittiness that we just spent like I, I, ten minutes talking about? I again, I felt like they made this movie without a demographic in mind, right? So like, I felt like they started developing this. I felt like halfway through the people who were like a lot of the animators and whatnot had to have been like, you know, I'm going to put stuff in this movie that I want to put in this movie for references to things that I enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I actually didn't notice until you pointed it out to me when the, uh, the cold pill is getting ready to get flushed out, you know, through the urine. Um, they're like waiting in line to get into the urinal track to get flushed out, right? And there's all these people waiting to get in, and there's a person holding a Pikachu. And I'm not talking about like a germ version of Pikachu, just like a yellow, red-cheeked Pikachu, like just legitimately a Pikachu. Like I, I am surprised that this the the people that made this movie did not get sued. Yeah. By Nintendo over this. Yes, there's just a Pikachu, right? They just put it, they, they, these guys had to put it in there. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, so I, you, you pointed it out, and I had to rewind it and watch it again. And I mean, if you're looking for it, or if you, I, I, I don't know, like you noticed it without looking for it, like, feel like it was blatant. Yeah. Yes, it was. I mean, yeah, it was like in the corner, but it was obviously a Pikachu. And there was no question that it was a Pikachu. So I feel like these guys like made stuff in there. They made a lot of like. Pretty funny puns, I think. You know, they were back to they like, were definitely cheesy, but they embraced the cheesiness exactly. so hard that I really appreciated. That. Exactly. You know, the 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 our founder statue of the sperm, holy um, spit, holy spit. I kept saying holy spit. The guy, like, oh my was, Frank, yeah, instead of oh my god. Frank. No, no, it was holy Frank. Like instead of holy fuck, holy Frank. No, they were saying. They were saying, like, instead of, oh, my God, they were uh, saying, oh, my Frank. Okay. They definitely, they, there they was one. They holy spit. No, there, there was one instance where they, they interchanged Frank with fuck, though, for sure. But, no, yeah, there's there's so much of that stuff. Like, there's uh, there's peace in the Middle Ear instead of Middle East. <laughs> there was, uh, they were talking about this one guy going on vacation. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the kidneys to see the stones. And the guy, yes. was, the other guy responded, oh, yeah, they could pass any day now. <laughs> like, which so is relevant because even in 2001, people are just, like, waiting for the right. stones to die. 
Like, the stomach is the airport. Like, I just, I feel like they spent so much time really thinking about how, how a, how a body's ecosystem would relate to ours. Yes. And that's, I really appreciated the, the thought and the creativity that went into that. There was not a lot of lazy points in this movie, right? Like, everything, everything went Well, I would say, I think the plot itself was pretty lazy. But the way that they tied it all together was, was, I don't know if I'd say genius, but it was very clever. Well, I felt like they knew going in that they were limited in the plot. Like, you're not going to get, like, multiple twists within a virus attacking the body, right? Like, it's a pretty straightforward... It's a pretty... To me, it's a pretty straightforward plot. So you've got to look elsewhere for development of the movie. And I think that they spent time on developing how can we make every aspect of the inner workings of a body relevant and relatable to, like, the external human watching this movie. Right. And it was very much like, okay, we're going to follow the way that a virus would attack the body and we're going to look at all those steps. It, it kind of reminded me of Inside Out. Yes. Obviously, Inside Out is going to be the better movie. Oh, for sure. Inside Out's one of the best... It, to me, it's one of the most enjoyable cartoon movies I've ever watched. And so, that movie is genius. Like, yes. the way that they said, okay, this is how the, the mind works... Let's let's make a story out of this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same concept here. It didn't translate as perfectly. It didn't mesh as well. But like I said, I still really enjoyed the the effort that went into that. Yeah. To me, it was also really interesting listening. So the virus is obviously played by Lawrence Fishburne, who I think is like this big behemoth of an actor. Yeah. And he's got, he usually has like a pretty deep voice, like distinct. Yeah, his voice was really weird in this movie. Yeah, I, 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 did, I wouldn't have picked up that it was him at all, no. except for the fact that I knew he was in it and he played that character. Yeah. Um, it was just funny to me to picture, so as I'm watching this movie in, uh, the bad guy, Thrax, is fighting Osmosis Jones. So Fishburne versus Chris Rock. It was just hilarious to me in my mind to picture (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne and Chris Rock fighting, right? Like, I love Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is one of the best comedians of all time, stand-up comedians of all time. I think he's very relevant and very um, pointed and very intelligent. Movie in the movie season, I think he's it's debatable <laughs> his selection of movies. I think he's also limited in the roles that he plays because he's like a tiny in stature human being. I feel like he's like Kevin Hart without the muscles, right? Like Kevin Hart's at least like kind of jacked, but he's really I, small. I don't know if I'd say jacked, he's got more muscles than I do, but yes, I don't know. Kevin, Kevin Hart now he's been doing like he's been training with like a bunch of guys from Nike, like Nike sponsors Kevin Hart because he's are like, you serious? Huge, yeah. Well, he's like working out with like. The Rock now because they did that movie together. What I they did a, they did they a commercial. Like well, they did a commercial. Nike did a commercial with Kevin Hart working out because he's fucking huge. He's okay, huge. but also I he's take like, it back. I'm sorry, Kevin Hart. But also he's like five two, so it's like kind of cheating, right? Like if I was five <laughs> two, I would be that jacked. Also, anyways, no offense, Kevin, but you kind of sure you would. Sure you're kind of cheating because you're so short. Um, but I feel like Chris Rock is like super small in stature. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to think about him taking on Lawrence Fishburne, who I feel like is huge. He's generally like an overpowered. Chris Rock is very, yes. He's, he he's, would get beat up by Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But he would not stop talking shit until he was like bleeding out. You know, that's another thing that I think they could, I think that they could have let Chris Rock have more of a like ad lib take on Osmosis Jones. Just like, I felt like Osmosis could have talked more shit. Yeah, you could tell that it was written by someone that was not Chris Rock. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the banter was not, it wasn't great. Yeah. 
It was very forced. And it could have been a lot better. For sure. I don't know. Just, like, even if they would have just, like, given a scene where it was, like, Chris Rock versus William Shatner, like, that would have been hilarious to me. Because, so, William Shatner played the mayor, like, the mayor of Frank, right? Shatner is ridiculous. Everyone knows that. There's no debating Shatner's crazy. (laughs) Like, just let Shatner and Rock go at it for, like, you know, a minute or two on the show. Honestly, just put them in the same room together, record it, and then animate it after the fact. Yeah, you could make an animation to go along with the conversation that they have about this movie. Yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, William Shatner for a little bit then, because I, I think that was my favorite part of the movie, was how they, they tied that in plot-wise. So he's the mayor of Frank. He is a brain cell, so he's hanging out in the brain, and he's kind of, like, calling the shots. Mm-hmm. So there were there were multiple times where Chris Rock would come up, you know, being the white blood cell. He's like, hey, there's this virus on the loose, and the mayor, being a politician, he's like, no, 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 don't worry about that. We have a wing fest that we need to go to. Like, we need to appease all of our constituents. And then it kind of cuts to the... The love handles. The love handles. <laughs> and then you see all of them, like, cheering. And I'm like, holy crap. That's genius. That's like, cool. that's exactly what my brain does when I'm like, hey, I want some pizza. And, you know, part of me is like, well, I should probably work out. But the other part is like, no, pizza tastes fucking delicious. <laughs> that is that is my William Shatner in my brain talking to me. Is it, do you also think it's pretty relevant with, like, the political climate that we're in today, right? Oh, like for sure. Like, the love handles are who voted in, yes. you know, the current um, administration Definitely, and then like the heart and like the abs and like the bicep, like, you know, like the muscles right. were like, what the fuck is yeah, going the lungs. on? Yeah, yeah, the lungs, the stomach, the everything that actually you know matters. The ki- the liver uh, for sure was like no, <laughs> yes. And the love handles and the butt and the gut was like yeah, this guy, fuck yeah, Shatner, <laughs> some boy, Star Trek, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's definitely relevant. A little too relevant for my taste. Yeah. Um, but another thing in that same kind of vein, uh, what was the guy's name? Anthony from from last time? Uh, Anthony brother? Vargas. Anthony Vargas. So he plays, uh, like Zach said, he's, he's like a flu vaccine. So they, they the two main characters, which are Chris Rock and David Hyde Pierce, plays... From Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> Niles from Frasier plays this, like, hulking behemoth of a, like, robot. That was the most ridiculous pairing ever. Like, his voice... Great, well, though. His verse, voice worked really well, but again, in my head, I'm like, this guy's, like, such a puny little dude. Right. Playing this giant, you know... But he... So he plays this, like, uh, over-the-counter, like, mucinex, essentially. Yeah. Uh, a dr- a drix, Drixenol. Yeah, Drixenol. So the two of them are, you know, just on the streets, like they're trying to trying to find some information about this guy, and they come across these guy, the this group of guys that are like playing dice, playing in the craps liver. in the liver, like super shady part of town. And uh, Drax is like, "Hey, you know that that guy's a virus. We need to stop him." And uh, Chris Rock is like, "No, no, no, no. He's on our side now. He used to be the flu virus, but we got him. He's on our side." He's helping I was us like, out. But see, that's that's the genius of it. Is that that's how vaccinations work? You put a little bit of the flu in someone, and then their body develops immunities to it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's those kinds yeah. of jumps that really made me appreciate this movie. Yes, it, 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 it like it made you feel like a flu vac- vaccine was a CI. Yeah. It was like a, you know a snitchy CI. Yeah, who was there to like help fight bad stuff? It was, it, it was, it was interesting. There was also a line of dialogue where. 
uh, Chris Rock is, you know, essentially beating him up for information. He's like, hey, you know, tell me about this other guy. And he's like, hey, man, I just I just do the flu. Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm just here for the flu. Like, this guy's not, not my problem. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I just really liked it. There were, there were some slow parts. There were, the music was shitty. The, the plot itself, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't mesh entirely well, a hundred percent, but it was, it was good. I, I liked what it was trying to do. Uh, and I think it accomplished the main goal that it was trying, it, that it was going for. I think that for a film that was made with absolutely no target audience, I think that they did really, really well. Right. No child would appreciate this movie. Yeah, and, you know? and in fact, when I watched it as a kid, I remember thinking, like, eh, it was okay. Because you didn't get a lot of it. Yeah, the cartoony, like, over-the-top stupidness was for kids, but there wasn't enough of it. But also, like, the cleverness was not quite enough for an adult to say, like, oh, yes, this is awesome. So, yeah, I, I guess... Well, it, I feel like it was kind of made to a degree how Sausage Party was. With before it was like pre sausage party, right? Did they you see sausage it? party? No, I haven't yet. But I, I've watched the trailer a couple of times. I think we're going to eventually rent it when it goes down in price on the <laughs> Apple Store a little bit. Okay. We don't, I, I can't convince myself to like rent a movie for ten ninety nine anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I can't convince myself to like drive up to the CVS to rent it from the Redbox. Um, that's that's far. It's got to be at so least far. what like. Point eight miles. Yeah. Well, no, there's that CVS like two spots. Oh, so you could walk to it. Then, yeah. Is what you're yeah. Saying. Probably. Okay. But that's hard. <laughs> um, no, I want to watch it. But I feel like it's like they wanted it to be an adult, you know, animated animated movie. But but they but there was no market for that. Yes, yes, because of the nineties. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So so you think that if this was made today, it would be tailored strictly towards adults? Yeah, I feel think like they didn't know what market to go after. Yeah, I could see that happening. I could see someone saying, hey, I've got this super clever idea, but we have to make it animated because it takes place in a human body. Yep, yep. And then all of the studios are like, no, we're not doing that. Make it for kids. Yes, 100%. So you're saying this is all Hollywood's fault. Otherwise, this movie would have been genius. (laughs) I'm blaming it it on Ron Howard, who was even in this fucking... (laughs) What was Ron Howard doing in this? He had the most, like, pointless role. He would, so Ron Howard played a like rival politician, yeah. but the only time you saw him was in like an ad that they were watching. Yes, he played the opponent to the mayor. But they, but it wasn't even like a an election year. Yeah, like th- I, I think they I think they put him there. The character was there to push the political angle, right? Like. He, he wants to go to the Wing Festival to make everyone health happy in, as opposed to push exercise from the brain to Bill Murray to make it healthy because no one wants him to be healthy. Everyone wants him to be happy. Everyone yeah. wants to be happy. And I think that so makes perfect push, sense. Yeah. And I'm, I think that, that that should have been in there. I'm just baffled that that was Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they even made his like eyebrows and hair red. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Like he was like he was like I, I don't know what kind of you know blood cell or whatever in, in internal workings he was well, he, playing. He had to have been a brain cell. Well, it was colonic. What was his name? It was like Tom Colonic. Tom, Tom Colonic or something. But even his eyebrows were red, and I was like, you know, that's shouts out shout out to the gingers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Overall, I think we both still really enjoyed it. So, so mm-hmm. quick thing: what did you think of of the fact that it was mixed with there was there was animation mixed with like live action stuff. How did you feel about that? 
Uh, I feel like that was a very, I don't know, like, I would not like, I would not like it for a movie to be, you know, like that, you know, made now, but I feel like back then that it didn't really surprise me, it didn't, like, I didn't really love it, I didn't hate it, I was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, blah about it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think I liked it a whole lot, so I'm glad that they got Bill Murray, like, that was great. I think he was the one that kind of sold all of those live action parts. And I guess that did kind of make things more real. Well, you saw like how the virus was affecting him. Right. And you were able to see how the virus was affecting him. So all that was great. But I think you could have done that just as well having it animated. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why they had to go back and forth from real life to animation. I think, was, that was, I think it was an era thing. I think that, like, people wanted to see that animation could also be associated with reality. I don't think that it would work that well for movies made today. Mm. So do you, think, think, do you think today it would everything would be CGI, or do you think it would all be animated? Like, I think it would all be animated, but I think that the animation is a lot better today. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I think that it would be more... I, 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 I don't know. I think that there's a lot more options... For animations. I mean, just think about, like, Wally, right? Like, yeah. Wally was incredibly realistic. Uh, that was CGI, though, wasn't it? Uh, okay. Animation CGI. <laughs> was, you know what the hell I guess the line is being blurred between those for two. For sure. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, I would think that they would go full CGI today, <laughs> but I would think that animation would be the right way to go. But, yeah, if, we, if you did something like, if you went with Pixar, or, I mean, I guess you couldn't do Pixar if you're doing, like, a an adult movie, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I, th- I think that that would have been the better call, just to have it all kind of rounded out. Have it One way or the other. Have, have the it was weird to go from, like, over-exaggerated Lawrence Fishburne as a virus to, like, just Bill Murray at a zoo. It was, Bill it was Murray weird. being gross. Bill Murray being gross in a recliner eating chicken wings. It was really weird. But overall, I mean, it's still enjoyable. Definitely, yeah. I would, I would say you... Yes to this movie. Okay. I already did say yes to this movie. You did. You did already say yes. Okay, so, I, is there anything else you really want to talk about? There's one last thing I wanted to talk okay. about. It was okay. my favorite line in the movie. Alright. And I, th- I think this this kind of wraps up this movie very, maybe not eloquently, but describes it, it perfectly. It. Yeah. Puts a bow on it. So, it, it describes the, the ultimate cheesiness and the embracing of that cheesiness. So at the very end, we've got, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, he's wandering around it, and, uh, and we've got David Hydrix, Drix. he is following him, and the, the virus, Lawrence Fishburne, says, what's that smell? And Drix says, cherry, wild cherry. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid, but... Oh man, I just I loved it. I loved it, the stupid the stupidity of it. Yeah, instead of Bond, James yeah. Bond. Yeah, and he pulls out. He's got like the arm cannon. Like he's getting ready to shoot like the virus. You know the the. But he had already been in the body for. I don't know. I mean, because you know he was like a twelve hour capsule. Right. This is like forty hours later. He's still still got capsules ready to go. So. So I don't know. It was. It was. It was done. That but was it was. Funny. It was. It was great. It was a great level of stupidity. That was pretty funny. For me, I enjoyed uh, hearing Brandy's voice a little bit. I, I, miss, I miss Brandy. I miss Brandy so much. I miss young Brandy. I don't know what she's up to nowadays. Oh, so you're saying that now she's old, you don't care about her? Well, she was like old when I, I mean, she was like old. I mean, she's a decent amount older than me. So, I mean, I don't know what she's up to. We'll have to, we'll have to look into it after this. All right. So, the Fairley Brothers directed this movie. They did. So, we're going to do a connection to, with the Fairley Brothers, right? Yeah, I think next time we're going to watch Fever Pitch. 
Oh, man. With Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. Yep. Pre The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. So is that good, Jimmy Fallon? Or is he good now? I don't know. What? No. Everything about Jimmy Fallon's great. Because of his inability to keep it together on the scenes. I think he was charmingly bad. Yes, he was, he's think. charming. He's a very charming guy. <laughs> uh, also, he's best friends with Justin Timberlake, who I think is the second most dynamic person in Hollywood. Who's the most dynamic? Donald Glover. Oh, God, I love him so much. I love Donald Glover. Oh, he needs to be in everything. Yes. I mean, writer, actor, director, musician, hip-hop artist, everything. Wait, is there a difference between musician and hip-hop artist? Well, you know... Are you saying that hip-hop is not music? No, it's different, okay? It's, it's different. <laughs> so he was a hip-hop artist, and then he did, like, the soul album that he just came out with. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh, man, dude, it's like 70s soul, and, he's, and he doesn't rap at all. He's only singing. It's awesome. So he is a jack-of-all-trades. He is a jack-of-all-trades. He's not as attractive as Justin Timberlake, so, like, he didn't have that working for him. But I feel like Justin Timberlake... Can sing, act, be handsome, and also be funny. So he's dynamic. Yeah. But you're saying that Donald Glover is above Justin Timberlake. Yes. Because he can do more. Because he can write. You know, he won an mm-hmm. Emmy for... Uh, he was a writer on 30 Rock when they won an Emmy. I did not know that. Yes. He was Why a, was he not in 30 Rock? Very good question. All right. <laughs> we had Tracy Morgan in there, but yeah. not Donald Glover. We'll have to take that up with... Uh, Tina. Tina. Yeah. Next time I see Tina, I'll tell Alright. Tina, why did you not have Donald Glover in there? Okay. He's also like he's also really close with Amy Poehler, supposedly. And he was not in Parks and Rec, which pisses me off. But because he, he was a writer on uh, SNL. Oh, uh, okay. And he was like, you know, whatever writer on SNL. And then Tina took him to 30. And then he did Community, which was is probably one of the best comedy shows ever made. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. When they would randomly do those, like, um, the paintball fights throughout See, the entire college. I love those episodes when they would do those. I liked the first three, and then after that, I was like, okay, now you just have to do this every season. It was greatness. What's the guy's name? The main character, I guess it's like Joel... Joel McHale. Joel McHale is really good, too. I think he was movie. born to be in that role. Yes. That, that was is the, the only per- role that I have enjoyed him in. In the soup. I mean, I liked him hosting the soup. That's true. Before he, like, that was like pre-him being famous, before like anyone knew who Joel McHale was. Mm-hmm. I feel like his... He played that character really well. Yeah. But anyways, back to Fever Pitch. I'm really excited because I really like Jimmy Fallon. And it's about the Sox. And about, it's got baseball in it. I mean, because Fairley Brothers also directed this. Right. You, know, got, that the, you know that when they were filming it, so they were filming it like actually during Red Sox games. And a lot of it's about like them falling in love during the Red Sox. And it just also happened to be the year that like, the Red Sox ended up winning the World Series for the first time in like 80 years. Uh, and so they were filming all this stuff and it like actually had a lot of Red Sox excitement going on because they were actually in the playoffs and there was actually this like big you know, thing going on in Boston. They hadn't won the World Series in like 70 years. So, I mean, they're no Chicago Cubs, but they were close. So, All right, now I'm a lot more interested to see this movie. Because mm-hmm. at first I heard Jimmy Fallon... And Drew Barrymore and baseball, and I was like, "Okay, Zach, yeah, we'll we'll watch that. Sure, whatever." <laughs> I picked the last seven, so okay. The, don't take that as I picked Fever Pitch. I did not pick Fever Pitch. I, I just agree. I you pitched Fever Pitch. I pitched Fever, and fever I agreed pitch because it was either it was either Fairly Brothers to Fever Pitch or Shatner to Miss Congeniality, and 
No offense, Bullock, but <laughs> I do not have you, the patience. You like Barrymore more than I, Bullock? I, I like Drew Barrymore. I think Drew Barrymore is more attractive than Sandra Bullock, for sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. In certain situations. Is this one of those situations? I think she's fairly attractive in Fever Pitch. All right. Charlie's Angel, she was attractive. I think that she could be attractive if she wants to be attractive. Speaking right. of speaking of baseball, sorry. Side note. You know who projected or who, who picked? So, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite TV shows ever made. Mm-hmm. They, you remember they did that episode, like their last season, they did a future season where it was like based in 2017. Yes. In 2017, so in 2015 when they were filming it, they did the future three years, whatever. And they said in that show that the Chicago Cubs had just won the World Series. In 2017, wow. and they were freaking right, man. They called it. That is nuts. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's not as crazy as Ferris Bueller calling it. Or was the, it Ferris Bueller or was it? No, it wasn't Ferris Bueller. It was Back to the Future. They said the Cubs were going to win the World Series in 2015. Oh, and they won it in 2016. That is nuts. Yeah. Okay. Especially because it had been over 100 years. Anyways, I'm excited about Fever Pitch. All right, guys. That's it for us with Osmosis Jones. Join us next time when we watch Fever Pitch. Until then, cheers.